Was that a wee or a boo? Oh, it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of one of them middle ones. It's like, yeah, we're not sure you're here. We're not, really, yeah, I'll, I'll, you'll do. You'll be all right. No, I'm only joking. It's always good to come up. <laughs> it's always good to come over to Bexhill. And what a story we've heard from, from Anita. And thanks for your bravery in, in, in sharing that. Love the, 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 the mixture of talking about God as this amazing creator. And then really coming through on a personal basis and being very present. Is such an amazing kind of, it, it's sometimes hard to grab hold of that you've got this creator who comes very personally. But you hear in the Christmas story this idea of Jesus being called Emmanuel, God with us. And um, we've, we sang in a song a minute ago, there was a couple of song words that I've written down, you are mighty, um, God who is able, and all these kinds of things that we sing about. And for you guys, this, well, I don't know where everyone's background and that kind of stuff. You might be hard, it might be hard and difficult for you to kind of find a context to fit that in. So some of the songs like God is mighty, God is massive, or God is a light, and all this kind of stuff. might be hard for you to kind of put it in a context, which is a bit like, where does that even fit? How do I get my head around that? So um, this morning, I'm going to talk about Christmas in a, in a slightly different way. And um, hopefully by the end of it, you might be able to have a bit of a context to fit some of the things that we talk about um, a lot in, in church and in actually in everyday life. Stick your hand up if you, the candle's lit. That's good. We'll come back to that. Can you see the blazing candle? Turn your eyes from it if it hurts your eyes. Okay, I realize it's really bright. Okay, sorry about that. Put your hand up if you bought your Star Wars tickets yet. Yeah. Yes, get in. Star Wars, the, the last, really, probably the last, kind of, I reckon, the last one. They say, oh, man. Is, uh, that's coming up. And um, the other night, Roz went out for a work day. Roz is my wife, and um, she's here today. My two kids went out for some Christmas things. So I got a night in on my own, a rare feat, and so I started my Christmas film, Diet. A good film about triumphing um, good over evil and things like that. I watched Die Hard, which is a, that classic <laughs> Christmas film. Uh, you can't go a Christmas without it. And I'm looking forward to the next night in that I have where the other Christmas classic, Gremlins, will be put on. And um, I love these kind of Christmas films. But I was introduced last year to a Christmas film that you guys um, might have seen. It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, what a film. I can't believe I'd never watched it before. What the most amazing Christmas film. And, but I don't know if you recognize how slow it is when you watch it. Like, compared to the new films, you watch some of these old Christmas films and you're like, man, I like this, this scene feels like it's taking two years. And so, I don't know, nowadays, things just seem to be moving a lot quicker, okay? A lot faster. Scenes in movies, cars, Olympic sprinters, news, processing power, photographs, financial transactions, journeys, world population growth, deforestation of the anim an animal, Amazon rainforest, Navigation, technological progress, relationships, political events, and the thoughts in your head. So much is going so much quicker. And so what we're going to do this morning is take a minute. Okay? We're going to slow things down. And just for the next few minutes, what we're going to do is take some time and look at the Christmas story. Okay? I don't know if you can stick a, a slide up. Take a minute or two this morning to slow down. And think about what Christmas is about. Winston Churchill said this, Christmas is a season not only of re rejoicing, but of reflection. Good old Churchill. It's probably worth listening to. Christmas is joy, religious joy, an inner joy of light and of peace, said by Pope Francis. That's all we're going to do this morning, okay? 
next 20 minutes, we're going to reflect. We're going to look at what's, what's some of this stuff mean. I don't know, what's your perspective of Christmas? And how would you describe it in a sentence? It might be like the in-laws, ah, that might be it. <laughs> it might be like, hooray, for the Christmas dinner that takes me all morning to prepare. And then I get to wash it, uh, eat it. And then I get to wash up after and finally sit down at 7 o'clock in the evening. Okay? Whatever your perspective of Christmas is, it might not be that. For some, it's difficult. For others, it's a really enjoyable time. Okay? It is what it is. But there's always going to be a deeper reality behind what this is about. Okay? And that's what we're going to look at. We often hear the words like peace and joy attributed to Christmas. But what about light? Why is this said at Christmas? Peace and joy we kind of get. But you see it in uh, Pope Francis's quote, an inner joy of light and of peace. What's, what's light got to do with anything? And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. Why is Jesus called the light or the light of life? Hopefully, if you're a Christian here, we'll come out the other end of this in about 15 minutes' time. Just that bit more in awe of God and of Jesus. And if you don't subscribe to the Christian faith, hopefully it will raise a few questions because what we're looking at goes deeper than a day a year. It really does. It looks at some of the biggest questions in life. So if you don't subscribe to the Christian view, it's okay. But I'd genuinely encourage you to take a minute with us this morning and think about where did all this start? Where did everything start? I'm going to go from Psalm, Psalm 36, verse 9. And it's two lines, okay? Two lines, or it's one line on my PowerPoint, but really it's two lines. I've been proved wrong already. One line. (laughs) One line, Psalm 36, 9. When you read it, it's really simple to read. But as I read it, I want you to think about the impact of what it's saying. For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light, we see light. Even Christians, Christians here, it's it's really easy to read that off. But you've got to stop and think about what is that saying. Because the depth of it is life-changing. It will change everything. Okay? With you is the fountain of life. And in your light, we see light. What are we going to do? We're going to work this out together. We're going to unpack it a bit. We're going to see... What it's saying, I'm going to break it into two bits. We're going to look at the first bit, for we view as a fountain of life, and then we're going to come and look at, in your light, we see light. Okay, so, for with you is the fountain of life. It's found in the Bible. That means it's a Christian perspective. It's a Christian viewpoint. It's a Christian angle, okay, on a specific thing. And here's what it's saying. It's a bit like this, or in other words... Like a totally self-sufficient spring. You get what I mean by spring? Like fountain. I'm not talking about a slinky that you got for Christmas and you you push down the stairs. Eighties kids, no? Okay. Or a spring that kind of makes you go boing, boing. We're talking about a spring of water that flows quickly, flourishing from under the ground up and going all over the place. For with you is a fountain of life, or in other words, like a totally self-sufficient spring, all of life flowed forth. What's the Bible saying? 
it's saying that everything had a starting point, and that starting point is God. And it talks about it being like a spring or a fountain where nothing existed, and then everything flows from it. Everything flows from it. Up there, it talks about the fountain of light. But really, what that means is the universe and all that contained within it. Okay? I'm going to give you a minute to try and get your head around that and see if you can. The thought of the universe, the stars, the galaxies, gravitational force, black holes, elements, you, me, how it all moves, how it works, how it acts together. The lot. The things we know and the things that we don't yet know and the things we will never know had a starting point. What the Bible says is that starting point is God. Rationally speaking, there has to be a starting point. And so I'm a challenge, kind of like the first thing to think about, really. I know this is a bit weird for Christmas, but we will get there. Is this... We're not here by kind of, I don't, how did we end up here? It's a big question in life. Life can go so quick and busy that we don't get a chance to sit down and think, oh, what's the big questions in life? But they're worth thinking about and they're worth looking into. The Christian angle on it is that God is the fountain of life. There was a point where nothing existed apart from God. And then there was a starting point where everything started and existed. Does that make sense? Now, we live in a rational thinking society. We have to try and find a reason and a sense for things. Is it okay to believe that all life was made and that this is the rational principle that governs everything? Is it rational for me to stand here and tell you this morning that there is a God and he made us? Or is it irrational for me to stand here and say, God made you? My dad's an engineer. I have an engineering kind of brain. I think I'm fairly rational. My wife's here. She's probably laughing at the moment at the thought of me being rational. But actually, rationally speaking, as a Christian... Do I believe that God made everything? Sometimes, do I struggle with it? Sometimes it's almost too big a concept for me to try and get my head around. I think that's the bit, that we were made by this being. But how rational or irrational is it? Another perspective that's quite common uh, in the time that we live in is evolution and the Big Bang, and that there was a random happening and a chance event where everything started. Okay? Is that, you kind of get that. So two common perspectives is there was a creator that started everything, or there was a big bang that was a, a random chance of events that started everything, which is rational and which is irrational, is what we're going to do. I'm going to spend two minutes, hopefully, just trying to get across that actually there being a creator may not be as irrational as you think, and maybe the idea of the Big Bang might be more irrational than we realize as well, okay? I've got a dice. Some of you might have seen this before. And um, I've got a dice. 
Christmas is coming, the board games are out, most of them you need to roll a six to get started, okay? Here's what I'm going to do. Andrew, can you roll the dice and try and get a six? Andrew got a four. Good try, Andrew. Good try. There's something called probability. The probability is this, that for Andrew to get a six, he had a one in six chance, okay? Now, where's my wife? Ros. I want Ros to roll the dice twice, and Ros has to get two sixes in a row. <laughs> Go for it. She's got three. <laughs> and she got a four. Okay. The chances of Andrew getting a six first time is a one in six chance. It's possible. The chances of Ros, my wife, getting a six twice in a row with one dice is one in 36. Okay? One in 36. Not one in 12, it's one in 36. What if I had this dice and I wanted to get a six 70 times in a row with the one dice? Okay? The probability, you got any ideas? A lot. The probability of that happening is one in 10 to the 55. Okay? If you can put that, that next slide up. Is there one that, I don't think I've done it. So that's a one in one with 55 zeros after it, okay? That would take Roz a really long time to try and get that in a row, let alone doing it first time. Scientists believe, scientists have worked out, I don't know if they believe, scientists have worked out this idea, and I don't know how, but the possibility of the Big Bang getting it right first time first time, is 1 in 10 to the 55. For a random chance happening, where it starts, the universe expands at the perfect rate, where it doesn't implode back in, in, in on itself. Now, my son said, who is a, a bit of a 13, 12-year-old genius, said, yeah, but could have imploded back in on itself and then restarted. We will never know. It could. He's a rational thinker, okay? It could, but... For the Big Bang, 1 in 10 to the 55, to happen perfectly when the universe expands at the perfect rate so it doesn't implode back in on itself, or it goes too quick so that life doesn't exist, is 1 in 10 to the 55. That was either incredibly, incredibly, incredibly a lucky chance, which makes us incredibly, incredibly lucky to be here, or there was something behind it that designed it to happen. If the sun was too far or too short away from us, we would not be here. Perfect. There are certain things in the universe that are perfect. It is possible that this just kind of worked itself out by a, a random happening. But for me, when I genuinely think about it, I'm like, that makes the belief in the creator a lot less irrational than maybe I think. The rational thought of 1 in 10 to the 55 that is where we're here for some random, random chance happening. One, I'm not sure how that happened. Two, in here, I think me and you have more about us than being a random chance happening. I believe that there's a creator, and the creator designed everything to work in the perfect way, that there is a God 
whether it happened by a big, I don't, I don't really care. But I believe that the starting point has to be the creator that kicks it all off because it's just too perfect to have worked out in the way that it is to be a random, random chance. So looking at the odds, I honestly think to say that the start of everything being caused by a creator really is possible and really isn't that irrational. I believe God is the life from which everything started, the fountain of everything. And I say this as a rational person. <laughs> I say this as a rational person. And there's a very possible rational thought. So what does that mean, really? What does it mean for us? It means that the life we have inside us, the life we have and who we are, has come from a design from a God that started it all. He's the fountain of our life. He's the starting of it. He's the sustainer of everything. And from him, everything started and everything moves and everything works and everything is in its place. It's not a random chance. What are the chances? One in 10 to the 55 or there being a creator, God. Okay, what about the next bit? Psalm 36, 9. In your light, we see light. So for me to rationally believe that God is the source of life actually gives me a starting point to view life from. I never used to believe that or think that. But now I view life with a different pair of glasses. Does that make sense? I, now, I, I have a genuine faith and belief that God is the start of everything. Okay? He is the life, the fountain of life. So when I take that, I now look at life very differently. In his light, in light of all that God is, I now see life. I see things differently. It's the light or the perspective from which I now view things. Having been a Christian for 23 years now, my worldview has changed for the better in light of believing that God is the source of it. It has. It can't not change. And it has honestly changed for the better. You might be sitting there thinking, what's this got to do with Christmas? Bear with. <laughs> Bear with. Let me try and explain what I mean by light and the impact it's had on me personally. My wife kindly lit the blazing candle behind me. And um, it's still going. <laughs> I know you can see it. And it's like my personal view of life and that kind of stuff. The light I saw life by before I became a Christian, before I took the step to believe that God is who he said he was and Jesus is who he says he was, it's like my personal view of life was like this small candle which had been burning away for a certain period of time. I grew up, I created my worldview, what I believed, from what other people thought, from what my family and friends thought, from what school influenced on me. A lot of different things had an influence on how I viewed life, okay? And I came up with a worldview. And, my way in, and the only way I can describe it is by that candle. Here's why. 
That little candle is a man-made light. Someone made it. Okay? Someone's made it. That's it. It's man-made. It's a bit like my worldview. I came up with it. I made it. Kind of believed it to a degree. Here's the other thing about that little candle. It's really quite dim and gives off a very limited light. If we were to turn all the lights off in here, you would see a bit. Yeah, it's got a light, but it's not much. That's the worldview that I carried looking back in, in retrospect. The things that I was so sure about, I thought, life started here. This is what you, nah, what you believe in that for. That's a load of rubbish. Actually, when I sit and look at it, it's really quite a dim light to view the whole of life from. Does that, do you get what I mean by this? I'm trying to build a bit of a metaphor. That candle's a bit toxic, and it doesn't bring any light. Release carbon dioxide, la, 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 it's not very good for us. My worldview didn't, it did me some good, but not much good, if I'm honest. I lit it, my wife did, but you've got to pretend I lit it, okay? Its start came from here. The start of my light came from here, me. Something I made, created, I believed, and that's what I carried. And the thing is, if you stand here long enough, I'm not going to preach that long, you'll be pleased to know, to see if it does burn out or not. At some point, that candle will burn out because it's not sustainable. I found that my worldview came across so many stumbling points that it was not sustainable. And it burnt out where I got to the point, I was like, I have no more answers. I don't know how everything kind of started. I feel a bit lost and a bit like, man alive, how on earth does all this happen? My ideas, my, my worldview burnt out when I saw everything that was going on Humanity in all its glory, it was like, my worldview is not sustainable. This is not going to go with me until the day I die. Actually, how I view the world is burnt out. I need to go somewhere else. Honestly, when I came to start looking at God and this kind of stuff, can you put that picture up? When I came to start looking at God, everything lit up. What you're going to see is a Mercury transit that happened just this year going past the sun. What you will see is a little dot. That is the planet Mercury sped up going past our sun. Get the size of the sun, how big it is. Mercury, how small it is. Transit means it's passed across the sun. When I came to believe in God, my worldview became so wide and so big that I didn't understand it. And I had so many questions. And it's so now so big and so mysterious that although it's I've got answers to questions. I know that I'm going to never kind of outdo it. When I came to believe in God as being the fountain of light, it's like my, my view went from a candle to being like the sun. Who made the sun? Who made the sun? The candle's man-made. Who made that? Get your head around that. My candle's a bit dim. Gives limited light. The sun, that is some light. That is some light. How illuminating is the sun? What a light to go by. My candle is a bit toxic. Without the sun, life will die on this planet. That light is a huge life giver. It gives life beyond and beyond and beyond. 
the candle, it will run out at some point. Sorry, the candle, it lit. I lit it. Its start came from me. The sun is so far away from anything I can do, it's quite inspiring. That candle will burn out. I have no idea if that thing will. The sun, I don't think it's going to anytime soon. It's incredible. The size of it, the mass of it, the power of it, the light of it, the life of it. When I came to God and I see all of life in his light, it's like my perspective goes from a candle, man-made, a bit dim, a bit toxic, not very helpful, and it's unsustainable, to the sun. It's an honest testimony from a slightly rational viewpoint of is God real or not? Did he make us all or not? Where did we go with anything to do with that? What have I said? Bring it to Christmas. Bring it to Christmas. We've heard it read out already. I'm going to round up by reading from John 1. What I've said so far is with God is a fountain of life. And in his light, we see light. There was a starting point. That was God. And he made everything, or what was nothing, into everything. Do you get the scale of what we're talking about? Okay. What's this got to do with Christmas? You need to know that what we're just about to read out, if you're not sure, there's a, it's something called the Word. The Word is a name. And who is the Word? The Word is Jesus and what, what I call it the word is, is the word means the reason for everything. The rational principle for everything. Okay? I'm going to read John 1 verse 1 to 4, 10 to 14. This is speaking of the birth of Jesus. In the beginning was the word, Jesus. A baby born in a manger. In the beginning, the fountain and light of life was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through, all th- through him, all things that were made, without him, uh, where am I? Without him was made, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Down to verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all that did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Here's the miracle, miracle, miracle of the Christmas nativity story that's acted out everywhere, that's celebrated, it's this. The light and life of the universe, of you, of me, of history, of future, was born a baby. The light and life of what we've just been talking about, that's him. That's him. Why did he come? What was the point? John 1 clearly says this. In the beginning, you had God who is light, who is life, 
vibrant. He created us. We turned our back away from light and life and connection with himself. And when you turn your back from light, you get darkness. When you turn your back from life, you get death. When you turn your back from love, you get a disconnection. And so when we look at the planet and the world that we live in and we wonder why things are as they are, it's not all bad, but it's not brilliant. We wonder why, why is there so much darkness on the earth? Why is, this, there's, why is there death? It's our sense of things are just not right. But when we've turned our back on the one that's light and life, and we wonder why things have gone wrong, that's why. And the one that's light and life looked down. He loved us so much that he said, I'm not going to leave them there anymore. I'm going to come for them. I'm going to be born like one of them. And I'm going to show them my light. I'm going to show them life. And that whoever believes in his name gains his life, gains his light again, a life that changes because of the cross. When we turn our back on him, that's what we call sin. The cross forgives us of sin so that when we put our faith in Jesus, Jesus kind of says this, look, you want my light, you want my life, you want my love, here it is. You've got to come to me. The message of Christmas, of Jesus being the light of the world, he always has been the light of the world and he will never stop being the light of the world. He's worth listening to, he's worth looking into. He's worth asking questions about. And for me, it, I continually be inspired by the Christmas story. God himself, the light of everything, the life of everything, comes. He's born like a kid. Like a kid, he is a kid, a baby. And he's described as the light of the world because he points us the way to the deepest questions that we have. Can I pray? Is that all right? Let me pray. So God, we recognize you as the light and the life of everyone, of everything, of the universe that we live in. You are the fountain from which all life flows. And God, when we see everything in light of you, Jesus, when we see everything in light of you, you are the light by which we see light Remember again this Christmas, your birth, who you are, and what you came to do. I thank you that you are the light in the darkness. I thank you that you are life. I thank you that you bring us back into the relationship with God that we were always meant to be in. Thank you for being our light in the dark, a light that never goes out, a light that brings a spiritual life, a light by which we can view everything else Jesus, you genuinely change everything. You came to that which turned its back on you. And by the power of your love, you, inv you invaded our darkness and death with light and life, resulting in the most wonderful relationship with God. So this Christmas season, we lift up a huge thank you for coming. We recognize what that must have meant, living it through to a cross can't separate Christmas and Easter. It's the wrong thing to do. But this moment we recognize your life. We 
as you come in. We say a massive thank you. We recognize you as the King of kings, as God himself. And I pray this Christmas, you would help us celebrate. You would help us see more. You would help us with any questions that we might have. Lead us to your light and your truth in a deeper way, we pray. Amen. If you've got any more questions about anything that I've said, come and find us at the end. I'd love to talk to you. But also, we run something called Alpha. If you're not a Christian, Alpha in the New Year, Introduction to the Christian Faith. Brilliant six or seven week thing that we do a course. Really, really laid back. Come along, get involved. Come and be yourself. And um, it's a great, like, great place to answer any questions you've got. I think I'm handing over to Steve or the band. Hand over to the band who are going to lead us.